fans. We hope you're having a pleasant spring. The, uh, the movie scene is uh, winding down for the awards. We've got a couple to go. And you mean the big one? You mean the yeah, Oscars? Yeah, the big one. And what else is going on, Carl Middleman? Um, no, it's it's an interesting week in St. Louis. You have baseball, you have hockey, you have a passing of a sports legend that we are honoring at a memorial this weekend, and you have a passing of a rock and roll legend in St. Louis. We'll talk to our buddy Ron Stevens about Rusty Young and Keep Live Alive. And then Ron saw Thunder Force around minute 18, around minute 23, Vanquish, around minute 30, The Truffle Hunters, around minute 37, Charlatan. Around minute 46, we didn't see Monday. Then around minute 47, we'll talk TV shows. The Moody's, Afterlife, Modern Love, Made for Love, Game Changers, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Big Shot, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There are a lot of things that we haven't seen. And around minute 57, what's going on around town? And it's award season. Well, how does this... Why does this always happen? Why, why do I get called on when somebody dies? I don't. Well, the weird thing was we had you, we were going to have you on to talk about something totally different. And then Rusty this, Young from Poco passed away two days ago. This is and scary. I didn't even I know he lived in Missouri. Oh yeah. yeah. That's because his wife, Mary has a big family in Missouri and she's from here. And uh, she wanted to be near her family and he honored that, which I think is very nice. And he did a lot of shows here and brought uh, and helped bring uh, major acts to St. Louis. Uh, Rusty, as you know, was the world-renowned uh, pedal steel guitar player. Uh, probably the most well-known pedal steel in the player in the world. Uh, and interestingly, uh, I, I've met him several times. Uh, I wouldn't say he was a close friend, but he was definitely an acquaintance. We'd run into each other socially. And uh, of course, he was on Keep Live Alive. And he was also on... Uh, um, Never Say Goodbye, the Casey documentary. Yes. So he, he was kind of like a go-to musician uh, at many levels for people in, in St. Louis and anyone uh, at all acquainted with or associated with Casey. Um, and uh, he, he was no doubt one of the nicest guys in the business. Um, he was a, actually a roadie for Buffalo Springfield. And uh, that's how he knew Paul Cotton and Richie Fure and, and, and Meisner, Randy Meisner, all of them. And uh, uh, he was one of the founding members of Poco. And he, he always, you know, a lot of these old guys were great storytellers, as, as you can imagine. But he was never that, hey, put another log on the fire and gather around. I've got some good old stories from the good old days. He was, that, he was the kind of person where when he told a story, you really felt he genuinely wanted to share something interesting with you. And he was telling you personally, and you didn't ever, you never felt like he had told the story a thousand times. And uh, one that he did tell me that was one of my favorite that, that I just posted yesterday was uh, about how he became a singer songwriter because he was just a steel guitar player and, you know, a great guitarist all around, but he did not write music and he didn't sing. Uh, but when uh, Richie Fiore was leaving Poco, uh, David Geffen, uh, we all know the, the legendary record recording industry mogul uh, was involved with their management, with the label, of course. Uh, he called them in, into a meeting and told them Richie was leaving the group. And so he said, so we need to decide, you know, what are we going to do here? So he, he turns to uh, uh, Richie, uh, to uh, Paul Cotton and says, do you sing? 
times. Yes, I do. Do you write music? Yes, I do. And then he turned to Timothy B. Smith and said, you sing and write music? He said, yes, I do. <laughs> and then he, he turned to... Uh, um, Rusty. Thank you. <laughs> to Rusty. Norman Russell. Yeah. Was his real, was his God given name? You now you play uh, steel guitar, right? Because yes, yes, I do. And at the time, he was on the cover of you know a lot of magazines. He was known the world over for his, his guitar work. And uh, he said, "But do you sing or write music?" And uh, Rusty said, "No, no, I don't." And he goes, "Then you're in trouble." <laughs> oh. You know, I mean, if you think about it, the relationship with record labels and, and artists are the music, the, owning the music, owning the publishing was everything. And if you're not one of the people producing, writing that music, you're, you're not as important. So he decided at that point to become a, uh, a writer and, and singer. And that's soon after that crazy love came out. Ah, uh -huh. he, he was the only member of Poco that was in it the entire time. People come and go, but he was the only constant. I, I read uh, Daniel Dershowitz did an article about him yesterday and said that he had talked to him at, at the, he did a show at the Wildy pre-pandemic and he uh, was like, I'm still going to keep, he played like a hundred times a year. He said, I'm still going to keep the band going as long as we have the, you know, the integrity of the musicians, mm -hmm. unlike some other bands that have like one person left from the group and uh, yeah but that, that so. was him <laughs> yeah did you guys see what he did in, in keep live alive it was hilarious it was very short he had this one of the shortest he and nelly had the shortest pieces in the show and this is the, his his kind of sense of humor he, he's sitting in a studio at home and he's holding his guitar and he says this is rusty young from poco you know uh glad to be involved with keep live alive and he starts to sing crazy love and he starts to play and he starts to sing and he stops, he goes, sorry, wrong chord. Now, how many times <laughs> in his life has he played this song? And right, he screwed right. it up. And to this day, I don't know if he did that on purpose or if it was an accident. It was on purpose, so you wouldn't have to pay for the song. Maybe, perhaps, because he never finished it. I, he went beyond that, but I stopped there because I thought it was so funny. There was no point in going beyond that joke. Well, their, their uh, album Legend, which came out in the fall of 78, then Crazy Love, to me, marked the summer of 1979. That was back when you had memorable singles that marked a time. And fun fact, the Legend album with the horse on it was designed by Phil Hartman. Wow. That's a, that's a nice little... Uh... Uh, yeah, story. Yeah. that's when he was a graphic designer and he designed album covers and that was one of them. So that it's very famous cover. Now, yeah. did he write Rose of Cimarron or was that yeah. Richie yes, Furry? Oh, yes, he did. He did. And uh, uh, he also tells a story about, uh, uh, in fact, I, I think other artists have told the story about how Casey would play Rose of Cimarron. I, I, oh, he was talking uh, about uh, Radio Rich, Rich Dalton. Uh, told him he would play that song and, and, uh, and another song that was even longer, which one it was, be because he needed a bathroom song. Well, yeah. And every disc jockey <laughs> in the world knows what a bathroom song is. You know, he played a long <laughs> song. And if it weren't for bathroom songs, a lot of bands like Poco may not have ever had a chance. Yeah, well, they did play at MRF, so they have that local lore. He was living in Davidson, Missouri, which is near the Mark Twain National Forest. And he loved to fish 
and uh, be outdoorsy and his wife, Mary's family here too. So, so yes, rest in peace, Rusty. It was sad news. He was, he lived a nice life till 75. Yes. But nowadays 75 isn't really that old. No. And he didn't seem that old. Well, he had a heart attack. So yeah. Watch what you eat people. Well, Ron, you did talk about Keep Live Alive. How is that going? I'm actually going to spend tomorrow with some friends of mine from Live Nation tomorrow, and uh, they're very proud of what you have done. Well, that's great to hear, and please thank them for what they have done. They have been extremely cooperative and giving and generous, as have many uh, businesses and entities in St. Louis. Uh, Twice. Live Nation to open up the gates of uh, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater for us and allowed us in there once to shoot for Keep Live Alive. And just recently, uh, they let us in with Nine Network that uh, produced a little piece on us and they're running that this Monday night at 7 p.m. Uh, of course, oh. after that, it'll be online. Um, as you know, when we launched it a, a month ago on March 12th, that was just that, it was a launch. It was the premiere of the show and it's still available to watch for free the entire 90 minute special at keeplivealivestl.org. And uh, since then, the, the hard work has come. I think I told you guys that that's when the work begins for us. And uh, we were very fortunate because uh, uh, Sammy Hagar, as you know, gave us a, a, an autographed guitar. And we, we took two weeks to play with that and have fun with it because he had shot so many things for us. We had plenty of other stories that weren't in the special that we could use over those two weeks to uh, keep that, what we're calling keep live alive alive or yeah. keep, keep live alive alive. Um, and um, we, and just from that guitar, we raised about $9,000 just from that guitar alone. Wow. And what's interesting because it was lingering around a couple thousand dollars up to the last couple of days. And then Sammy posted it. And once Sammy posted it, it went worldwide and it just shot up. If he had only done that like a week earlier, God knows what it would have done. Right. The same thing's happening now. We, we, you know that iconic photo that you've seen on the internet a thousand times of Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth standing in front of that McDonald's hamburgers on Watson Road? Yeah. Yes. Hamburgers. Okay. And it looks like it's just a snapshot, you know, that someone took. But it was actually taken by a professional photographer, Richard Upper, who at the time was about as famous as, as Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth were in 1978. They weren't. And he wasn't. No one knew any of them. But now he's an iconic uh, rock and roll concert photographer with a gallery online with photographs taken around the world of just about everyone who's anybody in concert. But this photo, he said it himself on camera. And I don't know if you saw the video that I posted a little five minute mini doc on on this photo. Uh, He said that is the most well-known, most popular photo he's ever taken. Probably because it's just so innocent looking of two guys eating burgers, two guys in army surplus coats, you know, <laughs> yeah. coats. They didn't have any money at the time. Yeah, but they were kids. Yes, they were. And they had always been together uh, in Pasadena, California as a band for five years. But their first single, which was the cover of The Kinks, You Really Got Me, was released two months earlier. This was March of 1978. And uh, Warner Brothers just sent them on the road to promote that and they were opening for Journey and it was a three act show, Journey, Montrose and introducing Van Halen in 1978. And they came through St. Louis 
uh, to Casey and afterwards they, they were headed to the Warner Brothers Midwestern headquarters in St. Louis. Uh, but on the way they stopped at McDonald's and shot that and other photos. There were several photos shot that day, but that's the one that kind of lingered on the internet. And uh, I tracked down Richard Upper and he told the story. Uh, so I got good video footage of him telling how he thought that that photo had been shot in Detroit. And in his gallery, it actually says a shot in Detroit. No. Now, in his gallery, you can buy this photo, um, you know, a poster size, good size uh, for framing, which he signed, a limited edition, there are only 99 of them, for $500. Well, Keep Live Alive has two of them, and we are using one for this promotion. And he and did, he did, he was called out on Facebook, and he finally yes. corrected it. yes. He did, but it still says that in his gallery, if you go look, he never corrected it there. I don't think he controls that as much. It's really someone else's gallery he's in. Gotcha. But yeah, it was the old uh, McDonald's. It is still there. In fact, it's still the same building. They had changed that building in 1978. They had just changed it to the one that's there now, but they hadn't taken those old arches down or that old single arch down yet. And that single arch is why they decided to take the photo because they had not seen that. In California, there's still a couple of double arches left, but they've never seen a single arch one like that. That particular McDonald's, by the way, was the very first one in the entire state of Missouri. And I think it opened in 1957 or 58, so it had been there for a while. And get this, until the Vietnam War, women, girls were not allowed to work there. They only hired guys. And that was Ray Kroc's idea. He said, if we hire girls, guys won't work. They'll be too busy talking to the girls. He's right. <laughs> yeah, right. But in, uh, during the Vietnam War, there was a shortage of guys to hire. So they had to hire women and even had women there ever since. Uh, and it was, uh, I think, the next year that they took that arch down and put, put the, the new one up. So, so we, we uh, put that up for raffle, just like we did Sammy's guitar. And the same thing happened. There's, uh, there's a website called... Uh, uh, Van Halen News Desk, vhnd.com, and it has thousands and thousands and thousands of fans around the world. Uh, they posted it, and now it's just going crazy. So hopefully we'll have a repeat of that. But, well, but that's that's really interesting. What about Carl's promotion, Carl's <laughs> contest? Is My that Easter over? Egg. Yes, it's it's yeah. over. I got people calling me up saying. Uh, do you work for the point now? Cause you're with Rizzuto. And I said, no, you're, you're, you're not, you're missing the point. So <laughs> the point. The point. Um, yeah, that, yeah was a, that, that was a, that was a fun little thing that had no, no fundraising attached to it. That was just, it was Easter coming up. Uh, when we made that, we, we, we were thinking Alfred Hitchcock, but we realized it's like an Easter egg. So. Uh, you know, Carl's kind of hidden in that 90 minute show somewhere. Go find him. And uh, people did. Uh, Lynn Venhouse uh, posted, I know where he is, but uh, I'm not going to enter or something like that. Wink, wink or something. Uh, my, my wife reposted it and it, it, it caused a lot of consternation around, among family members. And why is that? Because they said, well, hold on a second. How come nobody from your radio group is involved in this? And I said, I, you know what? <laughs> Ne never mind. I, I, I was doing it for a favor to friends and it, it, it didn't make sense for me to answer their questions. And luckily I'm not on Facebook, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but Carl, there are several variations of Carol, Carl, the intern on Facebook. So people are stealing your win there. You should be protected. Of course they are. 
Well, yeah. Well, because Phineas and Ferb from Disney, they took that character, and I actually interviewed the the authors and creators of the Phineas and Ferb show, and I said, "Hey, I've been Carl the intern longer than you have created this character," and they said. Honestly, we 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 just thought the name was cute. We don't. We just we thought we made it up, um, and they said, "Hey, we won't sue you." And I said, "Hey, no, no, it would be the other. It would be the other way around." And they said, "Oh no, we have the power of Disney. We won't sue you." Yeah, they're 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 right about that. That is true. Yeah. Well, Ron, you keep uh, the contest going. So if you do go to Keep Live Alive Facebook page, there's a you're always promoting different ways to enter contests we do have more up our sleeve we we uh we're doing something with learn in the very near future we're doing something with lux over at the point um so we have more of those personality ones uh lined up uh, plus uh some more you know rock star things uh we're, we're supposed to wrap this thing up by june i'm hoping we can uh the deadline to, and this is more important to me at this point, because we have raised a lot of money, more than we expected and more than we're, we need to give out at, at this time. So good. You, if you're a, a local musician and you've lost a lot of work or you work in the industry in any other way, I don't care if you are a ticket taker, a bartender, you sweep the floors after the show, you're the one who comes and sets up chairs for an event and takes them down at uh, the next day, whatever. If you lost work and you, you, Think maybe you might have, uh, uh, you know, you might uh, qualify for this, but you're not sure. Fill out an application. Go to keeplivelivestl.org and click on uh, grant application and, and fill it out because we have $1,000 checks we're giving out and you don't have to pay it back. Nice. Now, are they going to get taxed on that? Or since it's a grant, it's all. It's, it's considered a gift. Wow. Here's, here's how you don't get taxed on it you use it to pay bills. You use it to uh, put your kids in school. You use it to make a car payment. You use it to uh, to, you know, to pay, buy food on the table. You can't you save can't, it. Yeah, you can't gamble with it. You can't buy pot with it. There are things you can't do. You'll be taxed then if you do that. Of course, yeah. I don't know how to prove it. But <laughs> well, no, you just as long as you use it for what it's intended, yes. you should have no problems. That's correct. That's great. Love that. So, Ron. Mm-hmm. Since this is a movie show, have you seen any movies in yeah. the recent months? What have you seen? They call it a movie. What was that thing that just came out on Netflix? Uh, uh, Thunder oh, Force. Oh, he saw Thunder Force. I'm sorry Thunder. you saw that. Yeah, really. Oh, my God. What a disappointment. So you've already covered that. I'm sure you have. We, uh, we did we last talked week. About it. We talked about it last week, but I'm interested in your thoughts. Do you think that Melissa McCarthy should make more movies with her husband? Um, why you think that's the issue here? Yes, oh. <laughs> because he wrote and directed it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I I I got to be honest. That's who I was blaming for this: the writers and the and the director. I didn't realize it was one and the same person. Ben Falcon. That's where it fell short. That's where it fell short. You know. This is their fifth movie together, Ron, and the first four were Tammy, mm -hmm. the boss and uh life of the party. life of the party which is unwatchable and then super intelligence which was only a couple months ago well you know that's interesting because uh you can see the formula it's pretty obvious but it's being done by someone who doesn't get the formula you know, <laughs> kind of kind of knows what it is but doesn't really understand why it should work what makes it work 
Well, they they were in the groundlings in LA, which you're familiar with because of your work. And uh, I think I think it's like a skit that just goes on way too long. That's exactly what it is. Well put. They're, you're giving them too much credit. <laughs> it, what, you know what it needed? It needed the groundlings. It needed someone to come in and just give it that little extra something that's missing that, that the viewer can detect. That sense of we're actually enjoying this and having fun with it as opposed to, you know, I'm doing this with my eyes closed and hands tied behind my back. Well, so I read and I read there, there are so many people that are upset that they keep doing this that I went, I read an article that was just about the mistakes of one scene and how a lingering shot or it's the scene where she falls down. And if they would have had a shot of her eyes going up in her head, just a half a second longer, the shot would have worked. But since he isn't directing correctly, it just shows her falling you don't get the reaction shot of the second before she knows she's about to fall. We're and talking about the same thing here. If, if the groundlings had been there, they would have looked for those little things like that, which is the director's job, really. Right, that's his job. Yeah, and they just weren't looking for those little opportunity, uh, opportunities to do it. And I don't think Octavia Spencer was any better, you know? Uh, it, it's sad for her. I felt bad for her that she got stuck in this thing, you know? She right. looked embarrassed all the way through it. Well, and the, you, Ron, you've been writing comedy for how long? Do you think you could have made the I want to throw a bus line work in that movie? Uh, of course. I, I, I think anybody could, but uh, not that uh, not that I would have even kept that. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it was just an excuse for her to have some CG and throw a bus. That's exactly, that's interesting. That very scene is where I had that feeling. It's like, they just did this because they knew they could do this and, and nothing more. They, and they only reference it once. If you reference it, like if you have her do it 50 times, then you're waiting for her to throw the bus. But then it's the weird part of she has everybody get off the bus and it's just so, it's weird. Yeah. Well, the, you know, there's a little thing in, in uh, I, I still consult uh, uh, a major a radio syndication comedy company out of New York. And we have this thing that, uh, that I gave them, my gift to them. It's called, you forgot to make it funny. Because <laughs> you know, that's what happens. A, a sketch gets written with all the best intentions. And then you look at it and you go, Okay, where how are you gonna make this funny now? You know, uh, and that's where you go through it and you look for those. There, there are so many levels and possibilities in delivery, in timing, in sound effects, in music, in characters, in in uh, the the writing of the line, the words that you use, the uh, the uh, how specific you get uh, in 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 what you're describing. There's just a thousand ways to make something funnier. So it's not, there's never an excuse of, well, that's, you know, that's the best we could do with that. It's just not, not an excuse. It's not. And you know what? Let's, it, let's actually pivot right now to, it. comedies don't just have this problem. There is a movie out right now. I, I don't even know where it is out, but it stars Ruby Rose in her second failure in as many years. And Morgan Freeman, it's called Vanquish. And it is a... It's an action thriller 
that is not actiony and not thrillery. I, I, I did like one fact about them. You, you always start with the positive. Let's start with the positive. I am proud that Ruby Rose finally gets to use her actual voice because, you know, in her best, her best shows, um, let's, uh, I broke up with Batwoman, but she had to use an American accent. But, and then when she was in uh, John Wick 2, she was a deaf mute, so she didn't get to talk at all. So she's Australian. She actually gets to use her natural voice in this. That made me happy. But other than that, the movie is absolutely a mess. The, the one good thing I'll say, it's only 96 minutes long. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the movie, but I would say if someone came to me to pitch a movie and the, start, the description started with a retired cop, I would say stop, stop. It's been done. It's been done too many times. There's nothing you can do to a retired cop to impress me anymore. Sorry. No, it's it's the the retired police officer is Morgan Freeman. And if you are not paying attention at the beginning of the movie, it's one of these just like underwater, which I liked when they did underwater. The people people hated the Kristen Stewart movie, but I like what they did at the beginning. They gave you all the exposition in the beginning of the movie. This one is not well done. You don't know what's going on, but. I had to rewind and figure out, okay, they're giving you Morgan Freeman's life story. Like he was an honored police officer, but then he's retired and he lives, he, he lives in this mansion and he's in a wheelchair and he has a caregiver and the caregiver is Ruby Rose playing Victoria and she has a daughter, but she has a past and he is a corrupt cop. And it's just, uh, it is Morgan Freeman not doing his finest work, but it's just him <laughs> Morgan doing Freeman work. bought a house. <laughs> yeah, it's just doing work. Is that right, Carl? It, it is. It's he still has the gravitas of being Morgan Freeman, but he's the bad guy in this. Well, is he the every? There are no good people in this, and it has a high body count because it's a it's one of these action movies where you know everyone. There are lots of. It's it's bloodless gore also though it's not like you people get one ha- one shot and they're down so but the, it, it is a, it is a high body count and a lot of people there are a lot of headshots in it and so it's it's kind of in in a in a way you might like it better if you thought it was a comedy but it's not it's supposed to be very serious and then of course there's a ch- her child is in danger but it's directed by George Gallo who. Um, has been around for a long time and has a lot of connections. And you know that because he's done, he's done, he was involved in, he wrote Midnight Run, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And Robert De Niro and, and Charles, Grodin. Charles Grodin. I love that. He wrote Bad Boys. He has the bona fides. He has done things, but this is just, oh no. <laughs> I, um, I, I passed on reviewing it. And I gave it to Alex to do for our, my website. And he said it was mediocre. That was his word. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted, this was one of those mindless movies that friends of ours really like watching because it's dumb and it's violent. And it's, it's just, it wasn't fun to me. One movies for movies like this to work, you have to have something. And this was just, and she, he tells her, you have five things to do. So you're counting along. I'm like, oh, there's four left. Oh, there's two <laughs> left. 
and all she does is you there's only of, of those five people die at every single one of them so it's not like there's any surprise and and like one it one one are african-american one group is uh asians one group is russians it's just like okay let's okay let's get a whole bunch of ethnicities and let's tick them off and why they've done bad things to her and her dead brother and it's just it it seems forced and I wanted it to be fun. I wanted to like this movie, even though I know it was going to be bad. It aren't, isn't the Ru- Russian mafia involved? Because to me, that is a, it, that's just a <laughs> too easy go-to these days. And well, if course. you're using Russian mafia in your plot, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, if you feel like they use the Russian mafia just to not, to avoid any chances of someone thinking they're racist. Well, no, no. And you have dirty Irish cops, too. And I'm like, oh, is this taking place in Boston? No, it's in the middle of like Biloxi, Mississippi or somewhere down south. The Irish never showed up. (laughs) (laughs) When I think when I think of a big Irish stronghold, I think of Biloxi. (laughs) Hey, guys, I got to go. I'm getting emergency messages on my phone. I don't know. That's that's okay, Ron. Anything else? We want to plug Keep Live Alive again. But we also want to know what's up with you and if there's anything you want to plug quickly. Mm, wow. Thanks. Thanks for that opportunity. I was definitely not prepared for that. No, um, I, I'm, I'm going to stay with Keep Alive Alive for another month. Um, I'm going to keep doing some of these little things like uh, uh, that five minute little mini doc I did on the uh, on that photo of David Lee Roth and uh, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, those are fun. But no, nothing big yet. Right. But you'll be the first to know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Thank, Thank you, Ron. And, and tell your lovely wife, Joy, hello, and uh, go support the Fountain on Locust One people. With the emergency it's... messages, yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Before you go, last thing, the movie we're going to talk about, I think you and Joy would like The Truffle Hunters. It's an Italian, but I think you guys would really enjoy it. So that's I'm, our I, recommendation. I always trust your judgment. I'm writing it down, and we will do that. The Trouble Hunters. Got it. Talk to you soon. All right. So, Lynn, let's talk about The Trouble Hunters. Yes, it is a delightful film. It is now exclusively at the High Point Theater in St. Louis. And uh, it started on April 16th. So I'm sure it's going to be. It was on... so cute. It, yes. It's kind of it... like the mole agent where with dealing with all these old people and how eccentric they are. It uh, surprised me when we watched it during award season uh, initially. Uh, It surprised me so much because it was so eccentric and cute with the dogs. But I want to say that recently the two directors, Michael Dweck and Gregory Kershaw, won the DGA award, which is the Directors Guild, for directing this, directing a documentary. Now, they were not nominated for an Oscar, but they were nominated for the Critics' Choice Association Documentary Award, of which I voted. So Did you vote vote for them for this? Yes, I did. Uh, um, I I do want to mention one thing about the film. There There are a couple of scenes, three in particular, that I would have never thought of doing. And every, every award they get is just amazing for sticking a GoPro on a truffle hunting dog. Yes. 
Yes, I did mention that in KTRS. I, I said they have a camera on a dog. Well, let's talk about the dogs and let's talk about the truffle hunters. What makes this unique? There's several things that make it unique because truffles are very prized. Now, this is the Alba white truffle, which is got a short growing season and they're hard to find. And so I looked up their cost online. Uh, it, anywhere they're selling them for 4,000 euros. Right. Anywhere. It depends on how much you get. But for instance, an ounce could be anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to well over a thousand dollars for a truffle. So people shave them and put them on pastas and risottos and eggs and meat. And uh, it's very uh, their aroma and their pungent flavor. So the this group of truffle hunters, what is, it's old school. It's not technology driven. Modern science can't cultivate this. So these guys are in their seventies and eighties and they are just so fun to watch because they're so devoted to finding truffles in Piedmont, Italy. Piedmont, Italy, it's up, it's in Northern Italy. And right. these guys, Near the Alps. these guys and their long suffering wives are, yes, are, they've been doing it for Carlo. Carlo's wife says more with nothing, with just the looks that she gives him at dinner. And uh, some of them go out at night because they don't want their tracks. I mean, it's very competitive because they are they selling poison the dogs. Yeah, they are selling these truffles to uh to to guys that that sell on the market uh, it's a the, very the black market it is oh you they follow one guy the he's the youngest guy in this documentary and he's the power broker for all these alba truffles right and it, the noses of their dogs their dogs have to be trained to find these remember how like you used to think that pigs found truffles right but pigs but pigs don't because they like to eat the truffles well those are now those we're are not the talking those black, are the french truffles right we're not talking black truffles we are talking the prized white truffle and basically it's how it goes from forest to gourmet dinner plate so it's it's a it's fascinating because None of us knew this story. So they're a dying breed because they're all senior citizens in their 70s and 80s. And they have these great relationships with their dogs. And yes. I just love the dogs in this film. The ones that aren't married are married to their dogs. Yes. So it, it, it's, it's very, if you're a dog lover, you will love this film because, you know, one, one guy's sitting there, uh, some for me, some for you. And the, and, it's all in Italian, so it's it's subtitled, but they're talking to their dogs, and you can tell you don't need to you don't need to understand what they're saying to understand the love that they have for their animals. Right, and uh, this is an art, and it's also kind of a cult. It's a dying art too, because a lot of these guys don't have kids, and they're not passing it down. And one gentleman who does not have any kids, and refuses he he has given up the life he has approached several times during the film to say hey could you train me let me see your land let me do this and he he is dead set against this life 
anymore. And he doesn't want any, he would rather have the truffles on his property, go with him to the grave than be in the life anymore, which doesn't make sense to me because once he passes, they're just going to, they're going to destroy where he lives. Right. Now the filmmakers do bring up that one of the reasons these are so prized and so rare is because we've had climate change deforestation they show that in the movie the deforestation and they're only grown from uh september to december i Some, think something weird something weird like that it's a very short season and they can only do them in certain times of the year right well and, and not, besides besides the growing season the searching for them because they need to not they they just don't have to grow they also have to stay in the ground for a certain amount of time right the uh and the movie's only an hour and 24 minutes oh it's great though so i, I, I recommend it, it highly much. i recommend it highly because it's just fun and uh it's about something i love watching things i didn't know anything about and then being totally fascinated it's very compelling it's very fascinating and it has this goofy humor to it that uh i was surprised at well yeah that's it, also it's also the fact that when you think of truffles you think of france i did not i'm like hey they're speaking italian i had no idea that there was an Ita entire italian truffle culture Oh, I know at first I said, well, this is very French, but then it was like, wait a minute, we're in Italy. Right. So, so yes. let's talk, let's talk Q-Fest. Uh, you saw one of the films that is in Q-Fest. Yes. Uh, Joshua Ray was talking about this last week and it's fascinating. Charlatan is a Czech Republic film and it was on the short list for the Oscars uh, best international feature However, it did not make the five movie cut, but I, I think it's, it's really well done. It is about a real life guy, a biography of Jan, and I'm going to make his name just uh, Mikulasek. He was okay. known as a healer when the uh, communist regime head Zepa, let me see here. This guy, Zapataki, died. The communist regime came after this doctor who was known as a healer of both poor and rich. He did many people in the administration, but the totalitarian regime was accusing him of being a charlatan, hence the name of the film. But he had started as a young man. The actor playing him is Ivan Trojan. And then his son, Joseph, plays him as a young man in the movie. So it shows how he learned to have plant-based remedies as medicine and how he would tell people lifestyle changes, dietary changes. He was very visionary and ahead of his time. Well, this was unheard of. Well, yeah, because people yeah. can people can grow plants, but they're not giving them like drugs that cost a lot of money. These are these are herbal herbal remedies. Right. And even sunshine, like go to the sea, get sunshine. Uh he was uh he was a a very unassuming but a, a man, but he was so a hundred percent into what he did. 
people would line up outside his home, which had his office, and they would have to pee in clear bottles. So you're looking at a lot of urine here. Yeah. And he would yeah, look that's, at that's what Joshua said. He's like, yeah. uh, this and, is a pee bottle he, movie. Yeah. And he looks, he takes one look at the pee and he can figure out what's wrong with you. Like he says to one guy, you have kidney stones and you have gout and you have uh, vitamin D deficiency to, to, you know, things like that. So he's doing this now where the movie goes into fictional territory and why it's at the Q Fest, which by the way, starts today and runs through April 25th. So you can see all these films that we talked about last week. And then the charlatan directed by Aniska Holland, who did do Europa, Europa. And I do have to correct this. She did not win the Oscar for foreign film for Europa, Europa, but she was nominated for screenplay adapted by another source. She she's, the, she's the president of the European Film Academy. And yeah, charlatan has won like the Czech Republic just had their Oscars and it won five awards, including best actor and best director. Right. Well, this uh, this Ivan Trojan is very good and his son is very good. And uh, they show this scene where uh, how he becomes uh, known for this is his sister's got this gangrene, got gangrene in her leg and they're going to amputate it. And, and the young girl is just beside herself. But he has gone and concocted this herbal remedy mortar and pestle and he puts it all over her leg and the leg heals not entirely like the one doctor says well we might have to take a one or two toes but we're not gonna take your leg now and so he saves his sister's leg and that's how he did this but he was prominent in the 30s and 40s and 50s and what makes it fictional is his assistant lives with him and this, guy, and this guy in real life um, had a failed marriage. So in the screenwriter Merrick Epstein's head, they concoct the secret gay life for the doctor. Huh. But the, okay, so this is kind of like uh, Ammonite and Girl on Fire and kind of, is, is, is it like one of those historical lesbian dramas? Uh, no, it's more of um, looks. Oh, because because that's the is it fiction or did he was he gay or do we not know? We don't know. This is all conjecture okay. just because he had a failed marriage and his assistant lived with him. Now, the assistant is played by. Oh, I'm going to screw up this thing. You're a you're a luge. And uh, that was his. Uh, and he played Frantisek. Okay. Uh, the assistant and he's very good but um, this this doctor rules with an iron fist and so he wants to get rid of the guy but the guy knows that hey we're in trouble with the authorities he was he's told that he better stop it and he better leave by somebody who whose uh, family is cured by this guy he goes okay you cured my faint, you know, you cured so-and-so. So I'm telling you this, you're you know. being hunted. Well, what happens is two guys that he treated were found with strychnine in their systems. So that's how the government arrests him and throws him in j- jail and everything. But he didn't die till 1973. 
a happy gay man. So who knows, but it's, it's just more of the conjecture, but well, it's very you, fascinating the, about medicine see, and about, you know, those totalitarian regimes in in uh, Europe, because Agnieszka Holland, she's very, she's very much into that. She's done some Polish movies about. Uh, she did uh, In Darkness that she was nominated for best uh, international feature form. I'm yeah, she's done a lot of American TV shows. Well, she was beaten out by for screenplay by Silence of the Lambs. Oh, she was. She did House of Cards. She did The Wire. Yeah, House of Cards. Mm -hmm. She did like six, seven episodes of that. So it's very, it's a very left wing, left wing leaning production. Okay. Well, she's she's. She's pretty famous in in the world, in the world of uh, Polish film. So, like, if we were in Poland right now and we were getting all these names right now wrong, they we would be mocked mercilessly. So, we apologize for our incorrect Polish uh, language skills. You know, I meant to look it up, um, look up the pronunciation. That's all right. But I know her name, but no, she's, she's very good. I'm very happy that this is part of Q. So you can see it. All the movies are available. Just go to cinemastlouis.org and you can click to watch it anytime through the, the festival. Did you see the Saturday Night Live bit with Carrie Mulligan about uh, making fun of Portrait of a Lady on Fire and making fun of Ammonite? all about yes the, the and, period lesbian dramas that was so spot on and then kate mckinnon was hilarious i'm the old i'm the old sex partner <laughs> yeah, she was, goes i'm pretty sure that wasn't invented yet <laughs> <laughs> but the way they the, the way they did it was just so spot on mm -hmm. <laughs> i think it was heidi gardner and yeah. carrie mulligan and Kate McKinnon played the Fiona Shaw role, which was hilarious. It was so well done. I know. It was really funny. Well, uh, the movies might not be much right now, except do, I, I do recommend The Trouble Hunters and Charlatan. But um, we're I kinda... didn't see Monday, which stars The Winter Soldier. I don't, I don't know what that is. You know, they're saying it's Die Hard on a Train Tunnel. Wasn't Die Hard, die Hard on yeah, die, die Hard in a Train Tunnel, but they didn't make it available to us. I looked at Pete's list, mm -hmm. and I also did a, a search of it's my IFC. emails. It's IFC, oh. and it also came out a year ago. I mean, it's being released. It was at TIFF in September. So once again, if you made a film that's that has made it to a uh, place of film festival if you got selected for that your film's probably going to get released because they are still looking for films yeah uh, i i heard it's you either love it or you hate it so i didn't see it yeah no uh, i think right now there's some very interesting work on television and i made it a point to watch Matt, uh, made for love on oh, with kristen Milati. Yes, which and Billy Magnuson plays the high tech billionaire that puts a chip in her to follow her and and to also know her thoughts. Hmm. And he I, isn't. I did, I did not see it. 
It's good. It's really good. Ray Romano plays her dad. Huh. Yeah. So I've got more to see, but I discovered, I mean, there's going to be Frank of Ireland starts today on Amazon Prime. And that is the Gleason brothers, Domhnall and Brian, which really? is spelled like Brian. They are the sons of Brendan Gleason, the great so Irish actor. Harry Potter, Mad-Eye Moody. And then you have General Hux from Star Wars sequel right. trilogy. And they have created a Arrested Development uh, two two guys. One's a best friend named Doofus. Hmm. So you can see where this is heading. And then we have Frank. Oh, and and I, I, I'm, I'm remiss. If you're just going to stick with Harry Potter, you can think of Domino Gleason also as, uh, I want to say, Bill Weasley. But yeah, because every, every British and Irish actor in the 10 years that they made Harry Potter films were, were in every single one. Well, Domino Gleason is in one of my favorite movies called About Time with Rachel McAdams. And he is also Ex the jilted. Yes, he is also the jilted guy in Brooklyn with well, Saoirse I, Ronan. I was going for the populist ones that people have. You know, we love those movies, but not everyone has seen them. Like, you know, Domino Gleason's been in a lot of things. Right. Well, so he and his brother teamed up and they actually have another brother who did the music for it. Mm -hmm. So this is a very much a family affair and it's just goofy about a guy that's a hot mess and he moves back home. That's a running theme now because there's a show on Fox I didn't even know existed and it's got Dennis Leary as the dad. So I got to tune in called the Moody's now and Elizabeth was, Perkins is the mom and uh, Jay Baruchel is one of their sons. It's, it's, it's actually a sequel or it's the second season of a series. It's a limited series, but last year, or maybe it was the year before it was a Christmas. They did it at Christmas. It was a limited series. It was all about Christmas and they aired it for like a couple weeks, right around Christmas time. This time they didn't want to confine themselves to do another season around Christmas. So they're the, it's the Moody's now. And so they are now doing it in the middle of spring. So, so I want to definitely tune into that and well, catch up. I don't know if you need to see the first one first because it, this is actually technically season two. Right. And Elizabeth Perkins has been making the rounds and she talked about how um, it's about three kids that move back home, <laughs> three adult right. children that move back home. So <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, the, I think it was like they, they first called it um, uh, a moody Christmas, which which was based like on, it's based on an Australian show. So the first season is six episodes, and then now I guess they're going to do eight. So it's still a limited series, but, you know, it's something you could binge. Like, I binged uh, Afterlife with Ricky Gervais on Netflix in two days. So... Well, my new thing is, and I know I'm late to the party. We should have a segment called Late to the Party. Um, two years ago, my son Charlie was like, Mom, you have to watch Modern Love. It's on Amazon Prime. It's really, really good. So I finally had, uh, I was done with movies. 
I wanted a diversion. I thought, I am going to watch Modern Love. Oh my God, it's so good. It's an anthology series mm-hmm. from 19, from 2019. It's, and still on the, it's still on my front page on Amazon. It still oh. wants me to see it. Yeah, well, it's so good. It is uh, Dev Patel and Anne Hathaway both received Emmy nominations for their segments. The, I've only watched the first four. John Carney, who we love, he's the, the writer and director of four episodes, and he developed this for TV, and he's the executive producer. He has done the movies Once, mm-hmm. Begin Again, and Sing Street which are all about the transformative power of music. Yes. So there is very good music in this, but Kristen Malati's in the first one. And then Dev Patel is in the second and Hathaway, the third. And then I just finished the Tina Fey, John Slattery one. They're all set in New York. So it's very New York. So it's no, it's not Irishy because you know, I love see me some sing street. I know. No, it's it's all um, set in New York, although okay. it does have different ethnicities to it. But it's got quite the uh, casts. Mm-hmm. The casts are really good, but the writing is so sharp and it it does have really nice indie music to, you know, to accompany it. But the writing is really very, very good. And it's uh, a call, you know, since it's called Modern Love, it's about different relationships. Well, it's been renewed for a second season, so that's good. And I was happy to learn that uh, Afterlife had been renewed for a third season. So, well, coming up, up now. They, well, coming up, they have delayed Stranger Things till mid to late to 2021 because of the pandemic, but it well, is hopefully coming. those kids don't grow up too fast. <laughs> And then Handmaid's Tale comes back at the end of the month on Hulu. And what other new uh, TV series are they hawking? They're they're hawking Loki and they're hawking um, the new the new John Stamos. I saw an ad on regular TV for the Disney Plus uh, big shot where John Stamos plays a girls high school i'm not sure if it's high school or college i want to say high school uh basketball coach and that's going to be on disney plus uh oh i guess it starts today yeah it starts today on disney plus wow disney disney's not rolling things out slowly because right now you have three major series on disney you have falcon and the winter shoulder you have uh mighty ducks game changers and you have big shot all with new episodes and then there's that this one show on disney plus that i keep scrolling through it's a time travel show uh with kids so i don't know i keep it's always in the front and i always go what is that show so i don't know um it it's hold on i'm gonna look it up because i really am curious because i keep going and i say what is that show and now I'm going to look it up because I, it's it's always on the front page and it always piques my interest. I've actually stopped and looked at the ec- episode uh, recaps to say to see if I would like something like this. And I and I never I never that it's called the Secrets of Sulphur Springs and all episodes are now available. So if you want to watch a, if you want to binge something, you can watch all. How many episodes is it? It is eleven episodes. And they're only like a half hour long. 
good for kids. I love the fact that they're making these dramas that are only a half hour long. Lynn, you've you've been around media for a while. What was the why was the it the unwritten rule that dramas had to be an hour and comedies had to be a half hour? I have no idea. I it have no idea. Weird but to me. I know. Well, the, once cable hit, though, HBO was the forefront in their series, and I think they just did whatever the wanted to, you know. And then FX, if you notice, like for instance, if you've watched Fargo and stuff, they don't stick with the hour format. They'll have like an hour and ten minute show. You you write as much as you need. I know it's very it's very different. A couple movies that we should point to, even though they are no longer in theaters. N- well, nobody is still playing at theaters, but it is on demand as of today. It's also so, it's it's also at the Skyview, right? So you don't have to go out if you don't want to. And that is Bob Odenkirk, one of our friends. Now the the movie that I talked about, I think uh, at a previous time the film shot in Carbondale. I used to go here, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. It is on HBO. Really? So if you haven't seen it, cause it was partly filmed in Carbondale and partly filmed in Chicago. And it is really a delightful film. And it Jermaine, oh, what's his name from the Concords? Jermaine Clement. Yes. He plays a pompous English professor. <laughs> Nothing wrong and, with that. No, no. So it's it's very good. And uh, this girl comes back. She thinks that she hasn't achieved much, but she did write a novel. And so she comes back as a speaker at her school to, you know, like, hey, I used to go here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm now. But the documentary Time, which we both liked, mm-hmm. it's Oscar nominated for Doc. It is now available for free to watch for one week from from april 12th through april 19th and so you can access that on prime video or on youtube so i think it's definitely worth seeing i'm i don't know i'm just really confused about the documentary i lean a little bit towards my octopus teacher but then time is very as we say timely Mm-hmm. And then there is another film that um, we both like. Well, did you see Test Pattern or was I the one raving about it? I don't think I saw that. That's the girl from St. Louis. Uh, so now it's going to be on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday, April 20th. Okay. So if you missed it in the theaters, there you go. Now we're still... Have an award season, Carl. We got one more week, <laughs> and we will have so an Oscar. Pre- uh, we will have an Oscar preview next weekend with our friend Max Boise. I talked uh, so- to Max on Wednesday, and uh, he is catching up on everything. And he said he will be very prepared. Awesome! I look forward to hearing what what he thinks uh the independent spirit awards are on thursday april 22nd which is different because it used to always be on the day before the oscars Mm -hmm. so this is a thursday night and it doesn't start till 9 p.m central time well you know it's because they wanted to get out of the way of the razzies right and it's uh Melissa Villasenor from Saturday Night Live is going to be the host. 
Good. I like her. Right. And so then the Golden Raspberry Awards, a.k.a. the Razzies, is going to be the day before the Oscars. And some of our least favorite films, to put it charitably, have been nominated, Carl. Your favorite Hillbilly Elegy, Elegy, Hillbilly Elegy is, a, is nominated in both the Razzies and the Oscars for Glenn Close's performance. I know. The Razzies did nominate one of our least favorite films, Doolittle. Uh, I never saw Doolittle, so I, I, am, I have been saved from that. They have a category called Best Combos, yeah. or maybe it's Worst Combos, and they have Robert Downey Jr. and his Welsh accent. <laughs> Which... and, and, then, and then they have Harrison Ford and that CGI dog oh. in Call of the Wild. <laughs> and they have the My Pillow guy nominated yes, for this for his movie that his movie that aired on uh, Newsmax like 50 times. Right. Uh, uh, absolute proof. And they and had movie. to they had to put a 90 second disclaimer on it before they showed it. And uh, Rudy Giuliani is nominated for his work in Borat. As it should be. <laughs> so if you want to laugh, go to the Razzies nominations for this year. And uh, it's uh, it just, it, well, the way they think. And then they nominated 2020 for the worst year ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, Lynn, you talked, you talked about it a moment ago, but where can we hear you on the airwaves? Uh, I am on KTRS every Thursday night. Miller Furniture presents Lynn Van House Goes to the Movies. It's usually around 1030, but I would tune in a little bit beforehand. And uh, it's with Ray Hartman, St. Louis in the know. And I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times. I have my own website, poplifestl.com. But then I hand off reviews like <laughs> Vanquish to Alex to do. <laughs> and Alex does a great job. Yes, he does. You can hear me on the Mark Reardon Show this week with, with Dan Buffa talking movies around four o'clock. And also you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern. Well, thank you, Carl. And uh, yeah, look forward. Oh, if you want to see the Oscar nominated shorts, which are animated live action and documentary, they are playing at Plaza Frontenac. Do it. Go out, get vaccinated, and then you can go out and you can actually do things again. Yes. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, have a good spring weekend and uh, shop local. Get your vaccine. Yes. And thank Ron Stevens. We thank him for coming on. Keep live alive, STL St. Louis. Bye bye. Bye.